Welcome back to Big Sky Buckets. I'm Big Sky, and today we're talking the Unicorn Bowl. Before we get started, if you're new to the channel, please consider subscribing. I would really appreciate all the support as I try and get this up and going. Like the videos, like, uh, comment down below your thoughts on what I have to say. If you're an audio-only listener, giving it a rate, giving it a listen, and let's get into it. Before we really get into all of it, there's a couple of NBA news and events that happened yesterday that I think are worth talking about. A, it seems like from Shams, who's a credible journalist in the NBA world, the Bulls and Zach Levine are optimistic about moving him to a new destination, which is the first sign of maybe a rebuild. My concern here is that until it happens, and the fact that Jerry Reibensdorf is the owner, I'm afraid this is they're going to try and pull off a retool, which has almost never worked ever, which basically means that instead of like the full-on rebuild and starting over from scratch, they're going to try and make this work just with a new player or players in replace of Zach Levine. And I kind of hate that with the age timeline discrepancy on the Bulls. I really hope they go for the full rebuild, but we'll see how it all pans out. Can't really talk too much about it until it finally happens, but maybe I'll make a Zach Levine potential new destinations episode video, but we'll see. And then in terms of the play-in tournament, I want to say so far so good. And I think we've hit at least one of the climaxes on this tournament so far, because in my mind, I found it hard to believe that players would buy into this brand new tournament. But so far, most of the games, not all of them, have been very good. And it seems like the competition level is getting is getting higher and higher as they play. And the players are buying into it. And I think when I say that at Climax yesterday, is that I think they're buying so much into it right now that they're starting to get really pissed off when things don't go their way. Because yesterday in back-to-back-to-back games were three really bizarre altercations. Um, It started with the game we're going to talk about today, um, which is OKC Spurs. And there was a little scuffle between Zach Collins and Kenrich Williams, which then eventually led to, I think it was Jeremy Sohan and Chet Holmgren. It was very bizarre. But it definitely didn't get as crazy as the next game, which was Wolves Golden State. Again, no Steph Curry. And I'm not even shitting you that at a minute and 40 seconds into the game, three players got ejected. Jaden McDaniels and Klay Thompson really got into it. I, I believe Klay Thompson was grabbing Jaden McDaniels jersey and then I guess he wasn't letting go. So Jaden McDaniels was like, fuck it, I'm gonna do the same. And then they kind of went at it and started ripping each other's jerseys. Other players got involved trying to hold people back. Like a lot of people are wondering why Rudy Gobert was not ejected. And I think Rudy Gobert was holding on to Clay and it looked almost like he had his arm around his neck. And I guess he kind of did, but then it became like Draymond Green just came out of nowhere, jumped directly onto Rudy Gobert and just put him in a chokehold. I'm going to see if I can grab a picture and just put it up here because it's, it's fucking hilarious. But it, it was just so absurd and out of nowhere. I know he's, you know, standing up for his guy or whatever, but it's just so bizarre. And then, you know, there was no question he was going to get ejected. But once it was like, oh, the other two got ejected first, Draymond's definitely getting ejected. And going forward with Steph out, you don't want to lose some of your 
major players, even if they're not offensive powerhouses. Draymond is not that, but he is the heart and soul of this team, and he helps with the defense and defensive playmaking and all and offensive facilitating. He will be suspended. I've, I'm, I have no doubt about that. You guys might disagree, but he will be suspended. I'm sure it will come out later today or tomorrow that he, he's going to be suspended for some games. It just really depends on how many. And then finally, Lakers, Grizzlies. Just so bizarre that AD pushes one of the Grizzlies players and then <laughs> Desmond Bain gets up in his face, which is like, Desmond Bain, I, I get that you're probably a tough guy, but... AD is also probably a very tough guy being seven feet tall. I, I don't know uh, if you want that smoke, but who cares? It, nothing came out of that one, but it's really bizarre. And just three back-to-back -back games, just tensions were super high, very ultra aggressive and very passionate basketball being played. So even though Adam Silver probably didn't like that, he should be very happy that the fact that the play-in tournament games are bringing out that which means a lot of people are going to tune in and they want to hear about the drama and all that stuff. So very interesting uh, playing tournament off to a good start. But let's talk about this. I called this game OKC Spurs, the Unicorn Bowl, because in the summer league game, we saw OKC versus the Spurs and it was Chet versus Wimby and it was incredible. And both of them have been crowned as unicorns. You know, the unicorn build typically is like a center level player or power forward, so like seven feet, something tall, that is like a rim protector or can be a major rim protector that has the skill set of a guard. Um, I, I'm not entirely sure why Kevin Durant never was called this in his earlier years. Maybe because he played the small forward position, but I don't know. Like we talk about unicorns like Kristaps Porzingis and Chet Holmgren now, and obviously Victor Wembanyama. I think KD should have been in that talk, but we're a little far away from that. He's just Kevin Durant. He is special. It's all of that. But these two are the two unicorns of the future, uh, special players. And this game sucked ass. It sucked ass. It was awful. Um, and... It's not necessarily surprising. One team has just really started their rebuild, and the other team is near the end of the rebuild and about to be genuinely competing for playoff spots and maybe down the line championship contender status. So, you know, outside of Chet and Wimby, which they've had, they've had a history playing in uh, FIBA when they were younger against each other and all of that, Wimby's... Second best player is probably Devin Vassell. And then Chet's not even the first best player on his team uh, playing under SGA. I would say he's probably the second best player, even if he is just a rookie. I am very adamant that that's how OKC should have Chet be the number two scoring option once he becomes more accustomed to NBA play and his skill sets develop a little bit more. And he becomes a little bit more aggressive because I think that's where it's at right now. And they're still trying to figure out the offensive hierarchy. Like with uh, J-Dub and Giddy, they're still trying to figure out who fits where. And that's where like kind of the inconsistencies of this team arise is when some players have better nights than others. And I get that. And we've talked about when that bothers me of like not defining a hierarchy, like with the Celtics, like really 
I've talked about the Celtics, like the hierarchy is Tatum and then figure it out on a night to night basis. Who is number two, number three, number four, all of that. That's what's happening right now, but they're a much younger team and they don't necessarily have championship aspirations right now, but it's, it's coming way sooner rather than later. But this game, this was a game for a half and Devin Vassell was the star for the Spurs in my eyes, especially in that second quarter. He got, he was on fire, keeping him in the game. But the third quarter is when this changed and the Oklahoma City Thunder are a really good team at creating turnovers and playing defense. Uh, Sam Presti has done an absolutely phenomenal job. He's always been a great drafter, but he's his main kind of player that he's drafted as of recently are typically guards that can shoot threes and play defense. And that has worked wonders for them. My small little tangent here about Sam Presti going forward because he still has so many draft picks, and I really do hope he uses that not to just keep drafting guys, but to eventually get some level player they need to put them over the top. That's for another time, but the major thing here is that going forward for Sam Presti, you have your guards. Stop drafting guards. Like, it's enough is enough. You have too many of them. You have now, to me, solidified your guard positions in general especially with how well Cason Wallace in his rookie year is playing defensively and offensively. Um, I think you want to start looking more towards front court players and really the only real front court player that he's drafted super high has been Chet. And obviously when you get the second overall pick, that's you're going to take the best available. So that worked in his favor, but I think going forward, maybe look at, Centers and power forward specifically because the one thing on in the starting lineup is I like Lou Dort a lot, but him playing power forward as bulky as he is, he's a little short for it at like 6'6", six, 6'7", six, six, maybe even 6'5". He's definitely not taller than 6'7". I, I would say that's probably the, the if you're going to draft one more potential lottery pick with, you know, whatever other team's pick you have, um, that would be... The position that I like I, I'm not a GM obviously <laughs> uh, that's the position I think that you should target next is like this is the final position that you need maybe a backup center that's like really good at rebounding I like Jay, uh, Jay Will but he's not the rebounder you want and in terms of San Antonio so when I've talked about them before I've talked about how much I don't like Jeremy Sohan at point guard that hasn't changed I will give him credit I still like his defense. The three ball is getting better. It's still kind of iffy to me. He's shooting like 39% on like maybe one or two attempts a night, which isn't bad. It's just not good enough for the opposing defense to take that too seriously to keep them honest. Um, Devin Vassell, I, I, I like him a lot. Um, his pull-up game is great. It really is very, very good. And that's a that's a core piece that you'll want to have next to Wimbanyama for the future. Uh, especially, I'm pretty sure they've already extended him, but if I'm wrong here, if you can find a way to extend him for a lower value just because he hasn't made an all-star game, and I'm doubtful he'll make one this year on a Spurs team that is not... They, they started off kind of hot, and then they have kind of fallen down. It's the really bizarre thing is their defense is so bad. And I think part of that is because as good as Wimbanyama is at defense, 
they're trying so much harder to integrate him into the offense and be the focal point, even if his teammates are going to be assholes about not getting him the ball. And um, part of that, I'm starting to realize, especially from this game, could easily be the fact that not all the time, I'm not going to give them credit all the time, but a lot of the time, especially in this game, it was Oklahoma City is like, just make sure he doesn't touch the ball. And this is where it brings up the idea of like, I want to see Wimbanyama take threes and all of that, but he's just so much better in the post just because of how tall he is and how like the wingspan is so long that he should just be taking like mid-rangers, banking it off and then getting rebounds and put back dunks. I, it's not the major thing. I think you just do whatever you want. Uh, just make him feel comfortable. And I want him to be more aggressive personally. That's the thing that I've seen is like, be more aggressive. One of the other really odd parts of this game is that Wimby is just getting bullied down low in terms of he can't beat a box out. And a lot of times that he's trying to go over, if someone is boxing him out, he's trying to go over them for the rebound. And a lot of times the refs will just call that an over the back foul. And, you know, then the offensive possession is just dead. I, I wish he would get down to the rim faster and then be able to box out because people wouldn't really be able to get around him with how long he is and all of that. So that would work in his favor, but that's just a minor thing. Um, I still don't love Zach Collins there. I understand the idea, but um, I would love to have a different stretch five or even a, a, a center that's better defensively. Um, so that in case you want to play Victor more on the perimeter, and let him do what he wants and feel comfortable there. Someone who's better at getting rebounds, because th that's the other thing. Uh, you're turning the ball over a lot because you're playing OKC, and then you're just not rebounding enough to combat all of the turnovers. So that that sucks. There's just, they have, the good thing here is the Spurs have a lot of picks going forward. Those picks will inevitably help them because realistically, when you look at this roster, there's just not a lot of talent here. If you want to keep doing this Jeremy Sohan experiment, that's I guess that's fine by me, even though I hate it. Um, I would love to get like a really high-level two-way point guard to be your actual point guard. And then, you know, you in the future, maybe it's a small forward, like point guard, small forward, and uh, center. Those are the positions you want to fill with these, like, hopefully lottery picks that you're going to get or just the picks you get in general to finalize the core around Victor and then you can start competing. But yeah, the, the Victor inconsistency here to me kind of comes from the lack of aggression and the lack of trying to call for the ball. Like I've talked about before, this is shades of LeBron, especially from the fact of like in these first games of players trying to get their shots off when Victor might be wide open and the, you know, you, you've seen the dialogue of why are Victor Wimbanyama's teammates not passing the ball enough, which is constantly why we keep coming back to why isn't Trey Jones starting as point guard because he's a pass first guard who plays defense, even if he's not an incredible point guard. Uh, yeah, I'm just rehashing the same thing. So I kind of want to like wrap this up by saying I like I like what I've seen from Devin Vassell. I want to see a little bit more aggression from Victor. Uh, I want him to call for the ball more. I want his teammates to pass him the ball more. But also, 
Victor is at this point in terms of when I say I want him to be more aggressive as well, he's not too like, I'm going to shoot no matter what. He likes to pass the ball too. So it's, if you give him the ball, there's just as much of an equal opportunity as he will pass you the ball if he gets double teamed or something or believes that what he's about to shoot is a bad shot. So it's not the worst thing in the world. Um, you know, he's not a ball dominant player. But I'd like to see a little bit more ball dominance. And yeah, that, that's what I got for you today. Uh, first unicorn ball. Uh, it's done. And it was not as fun. I mean, I, I didn't even really get to talk too much about Chet. But he played alright. We've talked more about Chet in other episodes. And we'll talk about him more. I think there was just more of a spotlight on Victor in this game. Because of just... If Victor doesn't play well, it's very hard for the Spurs to win. But if Chet doesn't play well with the team he has around him, especially because he's not the number one option, and especially because SGA plays at an incredible pace and he's so fluid and he can stop on a dime and he gets to the free throw line all, like a lot, they all, they only one or two of his other players needs to like put up points for them to win. And yeah, that's what I got for you. Tomorrow, I'm either going to talk about the Zach Levine stuff a little bit more, or I might talk about Timberwolves, and the Suns apparently are going to play the uh, Timberwolves tonight with all three stars. I'll believe it when I see it, buddy. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, that's all I got for you guys today. Um, thank you guys so much for listening, watching. Like I said, if you're new, please subscribe. I really would appreciate it. I will see you guys tomorrow, and then probably on Sunday. Peace.